Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Survive in Advance podcast. Getting started a little differently today. Sorry that you just checked out my sun shirt, but now with this double camera, I see you over there. We got the big time setup, but I do have to start the recording on a different computer in the corner. So we're good. We're set up. And now we're picking up the NBA playoffs in the second round. You may ask, why didn't I do this at the start of the first round? Well, it even makes me look smarter in a way because I knew the high seeds were taking the first round. We didn't have a single series go to seven. I didn't think many of these series would be good. To be honest, I thought the best series was going to be Dallas and Utah and then Boston and Brooklyn. But Boston and Brooklyn was actually the only sweep that we saw. So I was wrong about that one. But now we have the top four seeds from both the East and the West square enough for a chance at the Western Eastern Conference Finals. And then, of course, the NBA Finals this year. It's been a really weird NBA season. I don't want to take too long to talk over all of it. But just the fact that LeBron James is not in the playoffs this year switches everything up for NBA fans. To be honest, I don't like it. I'm not a huge LeBron guy personally, but he does make it exciting. And if you deny that, then you don't know basketball. Either way, we're jumping in. Second round, I know this says the series are tied. Just a quick update. Miami leads Philly. 2-0 2-0 in this series as we go to Philly this weekend. Milwaukee and Boston are all knotted up as we head over to Milwaukee. Golden State and Memphis are he- uh, knotted up going back to California. And then Phoenix has a 2-0 lead over Dallas. We're going over each of these series. And then finally, I'm going to give you a title pick. We did kind of do this in this exact style podcast. Second round, maybe even it was first round of the NFL playoffs. I gave you Rams versus Bengals in the Super Bowl. And I did pick the Rams. So if we can do that in both the NFL and NBA, I'd be pretty proud of myself. And the way I'm going so far in MLB, I wouldn't be surprised if we do that come October. Let's jump right into it. By far, in my opinion, the best series. I love the Eastern Conference. You get a lot more defense. I know the Western Conference has teams like the Suns, Suns who are putting up a ton of points, shooting over 50% from the field as a team. But I love the ruggedness, the rivalry. I love Boston, Milwaukee, the Deer District, all that good stuff. I think it comes majority, the majority of good fans and hard-nosed basketball comes out of the East. That's just my take. Either way, this is my favorite series. I think you get so much. You get Giannis, a beat-up Celtic squad, getting Williams back for this series. How much can we get him? We know Marcus Smart hasn't played. Chris Middleton has been out for the Bucs. So every single game feels like the Eastern Conference Finals to me in just this second-round matchup. I love the Celtics, though. I think the biggest thing for Milwaukee is going to be Drew Holiday. We know what we're going to get out of Giannis Antetokounmpo. The dude is an absolute freak. Thus far, seven games in the playoffs, averaging nearly 28 points per game, 12 and a half rebounds, and over seven assists. You know what you're going to get out of the reigning MVP. What can you get out of Drew Holiday? Talk about an up-and-down volume shooter. He's averaging 36 minutes a game, but only 18 points. I know that may sound like a lot, but without Chris Middleton, I need more out of him, especially on the offensive end. I like the intensity he brings defensively, but if you have mismatch, you have Peyton Pritchers of the world guarding you on Boston. They don't really play with the true one. We know Marcus Smart has developed this year into Boston's point guard, and I love Marcus Smart, but the only guy that I think can guard Drew Holiday is Marcus Smart, and with him being beat up, he's going to be back Saturday is what he said. I still think when he's on the bench, even if he's not playing, I need more out of Drew Holiday if you're a Bucks fan or if you think that they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Swinging it over, 
Bobby Portis is a very versatile inside guy, but I do think the Celtics depth gives them the advantage inside the paint. We know Horford. This dude is a stretch five. He's been for like the last 40 years in the NBA. And then we also have Williams, a shooting guard who's kind of been playing power forward type role, especially on the defensive end. And then we know Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who can stretch the floor. But if you get really inside Robert Williams, if he's going to be back, he's one of my favorite guys on this Celtic squad. I think they're very rugged and they just have more coming off their bench. Tice, the list literally goes on. They have a deep squad. That's why I like the C's so much. And you can't forget about maybe a guy who might be on pace to be one of the greatest of all time, Jason Tatum. I'm personally not that high on him. I follow a lot of Boston people on social media, and it's easy to fall into that trap because the numbers really do speak for themselves. Guys averaging just under 30 points per game throughout his six games in the playoffs. But the thing that sticks out for me with Tatum, 7.2 assists per game. He's playing nearly 41 and a half minutes. All around great player. I love Jason Tatum. I love this Celtic squad. I think they get out of the first round. Big time win and not this series up at one. We go to Milwaukee on Saturday. Going to be a great game. I like the Celtics though, and I'll talk about them, how far I see them going once they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. All in all, they have the depth. The only thing that I think could hurt them is, of course, the inevitable of Giannis Takatumbo just taking over games like he always does. But if he can get to one more level, although it may seem impossible, already averaging 28 points a game. I've seen this guy average over 30 points a game and during stretches, 35. If he gets up in that range, I just don't know what you can do. Milwaukee's a very tough place to win. Same with TD Garden. We shall see. I like the Celtics. Moving over to the other game in the Eastern Conference, we get the Miami Heat against um, Philly. 76ers, super weird team. It's kind of funny. They have DeAndre Jordan, but then, of course, there's Joel Embiid. Two big centers, Joel Embiid. My pick for MVP this year, I know you could go Jokic. There's guys that have played great this season, but I think Joel has taken the Sixers team to a legit title contender, and they're now down 2-0 in this series. Excuse me. Put in a very tough spot because of the absence of Joel Embiid. Philly just can't score. They didn't even put up 100 last game. They're now down 2-0 or in game one, excuse me. And James Harden has gone missing. I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I don't think the team chemistry is very high, but you do have to give credit to where it's due. I think the Miami Heat have played excellent defense this series like they have all year. And Miami is a very, very sleepy one seed in the East. You can talk about Giannis, Jason Tatum, the Celtics, like we were just talking about uh, a few minutes ago. But Miami is the best team in the East, or at least in the regular season. I don't think all around as a unit they are, but the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, they have Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, number 22 on your screen right there. Don't know why that just came up. That's kind of funny. Um, Butler, just under 27 and a half points per game in the playoffs. Bam Adebayo, Great shot blocker, NBA all-star, just under nine rebounds a game. And then the guy who's been beat up, Kyle Lowry, what will we get out of him the rest of the playoffs? I don't know. And then now just claim the sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, dude's averaging just under 15 points per game in the playoffs. I like this Heat squad, but I think Philly with Embiid back come Saturday, we'll see how much we get from him. They have the squad to get this knotted up at 2-2 going back to Miami for game five. I would love to see that happen because coming into the playoffs, the Sixers have a swag about them that I love. Maxi, a very, very good guard, especially as a youngster. 
I don't know what you can get out of their guards, though. James Harden, he's been one of my favorite players in the NBA for so long, but he is a huge question mark this playoffs. He doesn't look like himself. He's too much of a passer. He needs to lean on his shot, but he's not shooting the ball at a very high percentage, and that's something we really haven't seen him do in a while the last few years. He's been dominant from beyond the arc, and especially as a passer more, especially with the Nets last year, and now playing alongside the MVP, Joel Embiid. What are we going to get? It's me calling on James Harden. I know you're not watching this, but it's kind of a Stephen A. Smith type of thing. You, we need more. I'm a Philly guy right now. Of course, I don't. I'm wearing my Sun shirt. I'm from Phoenix. I'm not really that big of a Suns fan, but you got to rock it when they're up 2-0 and you're doing the NBA podcast. But either way, I need Philly to give more out of Harden and then Embiid coming back. I think it might work out for the boys in red and blue but it's going to be very tough. And they, I think they're going to have to win both games as they head back home to Philadelphia this weekend. Now, the chippiest series, so much on the line thus far, we get the Grizzlies versus the Warriors. We saw Draymond Green get ejected from a game that was game one. John Morant misses the game-winning shot because of a very nice play by Clay Thompson. I'm flipping these papers all over the place. I know my stuff. I don't even need this. Watching these games have been so entertaining. You can't even take notes. But either way, Warriors v. Grizzlies, another matchup that feels like a Western Conference Finals type of vibe. The one thing that I will say is Clay Thompson in this series has been excellent on the defensive end. Of course, he's not back yet after that terrible injury coming, what was that, even two years ago in the playoffs. But now we get to see him somewhat healthy. I know he's fully healthy, but you can never really come back from an injury of that magnitude. But he's done a great job switching on to John Morant, knocking down shots. He hit the game winner in game one. But I think this series is going to come down to the guys in the inside rather than the stars talking about Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, John Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr., probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Dude is averaging 15 points a game in the playoffs. He's been hired throughout the regular season, but the role players, especially for both squads, if we want to stay with the Grizzlies, Desmond Bain participated in the three-point competition this year, 19 and a half points per game in the playoffs. Brandon Clark, the guy you saw get ripped down by Draymond Green in game one, great power forward. I love this guy's whole career, 15.1 points per game, and he's very efficient on the offensive glass and defending. Golden State, just a very well-coached team, picking up guys like Otto Porter. They just somehow figure it out. Steve Kerr, got to give credit to where it's due. He's done a great job. And the Warriors are the, my pick in this series. I just think leaning on guys like Jordan Poole, they have Gary Payton Jr. off the bench as a defensive specialist. Jordan Poole dropped 30-plus in game one. This dude's well on his way to a next more athletic Clay Thompson in the NBA, which I'm shocked by after he went so high with his time at Michigan. But either way, I think the dubs are going to get a W in this series. Honestly, tied up one-to-one going to Golden State. I think I see Warriors in five, Warriors in six. Five is going on a little bit of a reach saying they win the next three, but I wouldn't be surprised. They're a very good team. And I just don't know how they let other teams beat them because they play such good team defense and, of course, team team offense. The ball movement has been their thing for the last five years. Steve Kerr is now building somewhat of a dynasty of great playmakers, passers, and shooters, and just middle guys in the middle that somehow get it done. That's how it was throughout their whole run. We knew Draymond has been there for forever, but guys like Looney, I talked about Otto Porter. They're good inside. They're efficient, and they do their job. Give me Warriors in five. I'm going on a limb there, but I'm not going to lie. 
Dylan Brooks is the only guy for Memphis besides John Morant that I think has takeover ability. You could argue Jaron Jackson Jr. He is a little big, though. Brooks was thrown out of game two for a huge foul coming on the wrist um, in the lane. But it's going to be interesting to see how this Memphis squad responds. I mean, they come out of Memphis with 1-1. That was a huge win in game two. But I seriously don't have what it takes. And guys, I was regretting doing, or I wasn't really regretting because I didn't, hadn't done it yet, but I was nervous to do something of this magnitude, but I'm going to say it. John ja Morant is not very, oh, I need to word this correctly. John ja Morant is not as elite as some people say he is. Some people can go as far as arguing John ja Morant to be the best player in the NBA. And I think that is complete blasphemy. This dude brings his team down in scenarios that they shouldn't be in. He puts his head down too much, goes to the rim without moving the ball, shoots disgusting shots. And yeah, he gets the highlights where he's jumping over someone and dunking on their face. The numbers stand for themselves. He's averaging over 26 points per game throughout the playoffs. He's a great player. I'm not taking that away from him, but this Grizzlies team is so well and so good all around that I think he needs to share the ball a little more. His three point shooting has not been very good. If you watch game three, the Warriors will let him shoot. And then when he does his little like two hand pull up, they just put a hand in his face and Morant if he's knocking it down, he looks like the NBA MVP, but no MVP is the type of guy that you can let him shoot as a point guard in this league. That's my take on it. I think he's not a good enough passer, but of course, Jaw has a ton of time, and I'm not going to take that away from him. I think he might be a great one for years to come, just not yet. Warriors in five. Finally, the last series that I'm going to talk about, we get the Dallas Mavericks and my Phoenix Suns. I'm not that big of a Suns fan, even though I was born in Phoenix. So I'm not going to be on the bandwagon. I have no idea where my notes went for this series. I don't even think I need them, though. The Suns have just been so dominant on the offensive end that the Mavs defense is so, oh, we're going to decide to play defense today or we're going to rely on Luka to drop 40. The biggest thing in this series that I love so much is the Suns just sharing the ball. We saw CP3 go for, what was it, 14 in the fourth quarter last night. He had a game against New Orleans in the first round where he didn't miss a shot. They can get it done at every single level. Booker, Aiton, CP3, and then the role players is what really stands out to me. Guys like Jay Crowder, Cameron Johnston hitting huge shots because they are big time players. They're not just the casual role players like the Danny greens of the world. They can do more than that. And that's not a shot at Danny green because he's a great player on Philly and the type of guy that somehow is always in the mix come the Eastern Western conference finals every year, because you need guys like that. But I just think what takes the Suns over the top is not just Chris Paul and Devin Booker. It's the guys that they have around them because Booker and CP3 are so good at getting open looks. I mean, Crowder, just in this picture, he's getting a hands-free jumper for a dude who's participated in the NBA three-point competition. He's knocked down. Talk about knockdown. Cameron Johnson coming out of North Carolina. I don't know if I've ever seen the kid miss a wide-open three in his life. And I do think the Maverick squad is good. It's just, it really is a Luka Doncic show. I think Jalen Brunson has been incredible in this series, so I'm not going to take that away from him. 
but the Suns are very well coached. Monty Williams has a plan to slow down Luka, and it's not about stopping him because in the NBA, these guys are so good and can take over games, but it's about limiting him so where he can't go for 50 and beat you on his own, and they've done a good job so far in game one and two. It's going to be interesting to see how Dallas responds. They get to go back home. I think it's going to be easier for them, but all in all, I have the Suns going to the Western Conference Finals in five. I think Dallas will win game three or game four, and the Suns will close it out in the Valley come next week. So that would set us up with, I got the, here, I'll go on a little annotate mode. See if this lets me, oh, I got to go to uh, text, Suns. So that would leave us with the Suns versus the Dubs. Dubs are the Warriors, by the way. Um, and then as much as I want Philly to come back, this 2-0 lead without Joel Embiid has been, is going to be so hard to come back from, especially because Miami will never let off the gas. The defense just speaks for itself. And then, of course, the Celtics, like I talked about, I have, literally have them in five. That's probably the hottest take of the playoffs thus far. But that is taking, if I'm not mistaken, no, no, because the Grizzlies are a two seed. That's taking the majority of the higher seeds, though, and I'm not going to go against that. I do think the Dubs are better than the Grizzlies. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Golden State, the Warriors, will play the Celtics in the NBA Finals. Just look at these two squads. Very well coached, plays all together. That's what sticks out for me. I know the Heats do, the Heat do, and the Suns, but I don't love Devin Booker as the best scorer on the Suns so early in his career. I might shoot myself in the foot for this one, but there has been something about me watching Suns basketball that is one step away from seeing Devin Booker become to that next MVP level. I don't think he has what it takes. I think Steph Curry, if we do see that matchup of Suns versus Warriors, will dominate in that series. Chris Paul, what are we going to get from him? He's so hit or miss, but the dude is a rock-solid leader. So that's why I think the Suns will give Suns Warriors. That series is going to seven if we get it. I will tell you that right now. I'd be shocked if it didn't go to seven, which is a crazy take to say. But those two teams have been two of the best all season. And then I have the Celtics breezing past the Heat. I think that they scored a very good clip. They play good basketball. And it's going to be very tough for the Heat to try to stop Brown and Tatum. I don't think they have very good matchups. I guess you could match them up with either Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, go on a limb and say Hero or Struess. But I just think their dominance on the offensive end will beat up the Heat, especially they can go on those scoring droughts sometimes. So Warriors, Celtics, NBA playoffs. And it's already kind of funny that my NBA champ that I'm going to put right on the trophy right here. And Zoom has my thing in green. We have to go with the Boston Celtics to win the NBA finals this year. I called the Rams in the NFL. I think I'm certain. I think the Celtics squad is a no-brainer to win. Some people don't even have them getting out of the second round or yeah, second round matchup for some Milwaukee Bucks. I haven't watched too much NBA basketball, but from what I watch, I love the Boston Celtics. Surviving Advanced Podcast, always bringing you guys a podcast. I mean, what have we done? The Masters, every single week of the NFL season. Now the NBA playoffs, uh, the NFL draft last week with Theo Jones. So we stand on top of it. We picked this up from the second round, and I like the Boston Celtics to be lifting the trophy come the NBA uh, finals 
uh, in a few weeks from now, because these seven game series, they get exhausting. That would be the only thing that I would really critique or change. I think the first round games should be five game series. But hey, if you're a basketball fan, what do you get? Eight weeks is the NBA playoffs of just straight buckets because all it is is excitement, excitement, excitement. I wasn't lucky enough to stay up for the Suns Mavs. I passed out. But just trying to watch the first half of that game, I think we had 120 combined points at halftime. Just elite scores. Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton had a great half last night. So it never ends. Leaving you guys with that. I'm now going to go over to that camera I see over there. So there's going to be a delay as I uh, end this Zoom. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love the support. And we're just starting now because now we have the whole MLB season to rock with. And then come next year, if we still go into the summer, we won't have the studio here because it is at school. But I can post. I can do the uh, handheld camera videos like I did throughout the NFL season. And then, of course, the stories just keeping up with the sports knowledge for all you guys. Either way, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And I got the Boston Celtics as my NBA champions. Go Celtics.